Okay, our reading for today is the fifth chapter of Matthew. And in this famous chapter, Jesus begins preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so let's consider a couple of truths that we can see, because there's so much you can say about the Sermon on the Mount here. I mean, it's just, again, this, this uh, podcast is meant to be uh, just somewhat brief and hopefully help you see some big picture things in it. And there's a couple that I want us to see here, yeah, just gleaning from all the specific things that he said. And the first thing I want us to see is something that we'll see repeated again or taught again in our study on Sunday mornings through the book of Hebrews. Uh, same truth here in Matthew 5, that Jesus is the new and better Moses. Uh, this is the cool thing about the Bible, is that all these Old Testament people and institutions like the temple or events like the Exodus, those aren't just random people, things, or events. They are all signposts pointing us to a greater reality. And Moses wasn't just a guy. He is pointing us forward to Jesus. And Jesus is the new and better Moses. Uh, we've been seeing in the last few chapters how Matthew has been showing us, show, or showing Jesus, uh, succeeding and fulfilling uh, and doing where the Old Testament it, people of Israel failed. So just to review, God led Old Testament Israel out of Egypt in the Exodus, and Jesus also came up out of Egypt in Matthew 2.15 with Mary and Joseph. Old Testament Israel came out of Egypt through the waters of the Red Sea. Jesus came through the waters of baptism in Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Old Testament Israel came through the Red Sea into the wilderness and wandered there for 40 years because of their disobedience to the law of God that he had given them through Moses. Well, Jesus came through the waters of baptism and into the wilderness for 40 days. And at every point of temptation, he obeyed the law that Old Testament Israel was supposed to obey. And you see that in Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Well, now when we come to Matthew chapter 5, the comparisons continue. Way back in Deuteronomy 18, if you, if you just wanted to uh, turn to Deuteronomy 18, if you have your Bible with you, or sometime later, uh, look back at Deuteronomy 18. And in Deuteronomy 18, we, this is what we read in verse 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, that is like Moses, from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Verse 17, and the Lord said to me, verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. All right, back in Matthew. That prophecy right there is fulfilled in Jesus because he's the one who has now come and given us his law. Over and over again in, in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, Jesus begins by saying, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you. You see that in verse, verses 21, 27, 31, 33, 38, and 43. And in each case, Jesus is declaring to them the true and authoritative uh, intention of what Moses had said. And I'm going to repeat that. In all of those cases, whenever he said, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, 
he is not doing away with what Moses said. He is telling them what was always the true intention of what Moses said. In, in chapter 7, after he finishes the sermon, the people will marvel at Jesus, Matthew seven twenty nine, because he was teaching them as one who had authority. And indeed, he did have authority. Just as God's law through Moses had authority, Jesus' words have authority. His words don't contradict what came before, but they fulfill what came before, Matthew five seventeen. Jesus came not only to obey the law for us, but to authoritatively teach the law to us so that we know how to live as we follow him. As Peter would say to Jesus in John's gospel, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, John six sixty eight. And as God the Father would say to Jesus' disciples, and all of us, at the transfiguration of Jesus, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. We've been thinking about that on Sunday mornings. There are five major teaching sections from Jesus in Matthew's gospel, chapters 5 through 7, chapter 10, chapter 13, chapter 18, and chapters 23 through 25. Those, if you go there, 5 through 7, 10, 13, 18, and 23 through 25, you find those are five major teaching sections from Jesus in this gospel of Matthew. And Matthew is clearly emphasizing the authoritative word of Jesus. He is Lord. He's coming again. And we will all stand before him. And as we have his word and, and his will before us in these written down pages of scripture, the, the admonition to us is let us give ourselves wholeheartedly to listening to him and obeying him so that one day when we see him face to face, we might hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your master jesus is the new and better moses but to uh emphasize even more specifically something that i've hinted at here that we need to see is jesus is getting to the heart of the matter uh, when at when jesus is speaking as the the new and better moses when he speaks he is getting to the heart of the matter um, and the heart of his teaching always goes straight to the state of our hearts as we obey. In the Beatitudes, Jesus pronounced blessing uh, and, and pronounced as blessed those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God, verse 8. And in verse 20, he makes the shocking statement that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Let that one sink in. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's shocking because of how precisely the Pharisees tried to keep the law. Jesus, however, in the teachings that follow in chapter 5, shows us 
that they were only scratching the surface of the law. The law of Moses forbids murder, Exodus twenty thirteen. Jesus says true obedience to the law requires conquering the sin of anger in your heart, Matthew five twenty two. Refraining from committing adultery in Exodus twenty fourteen is not merely a matter of refraining from relations with another person's spouse. Jesus says, really, it's a matter of conquering the sin of lust in your own heart, verse 28, and so forth and so on it goes, law after law. The real issue is the state of your heart. And furthermore, the Lord requires that the intentions of our hearts be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, verse 48. Now, I'll go ahead and say it. I am a long way from that and so are you <laughs> Romans three twenty three, and that's really bad news if, 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 if it's up to us well here again we have to give thanks that Jesus was perfect in our place that's what we thought about yesterday that's why it's so important to realize that Jesus didn't just die for our sins he lived a perfectly righteous life so that we could have his righteousness because we don't have any righteousness of our own so he gives us his righteousness, and he's now also given us his Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness to obey the Lord with a pure heart as he requires. That's what we're taught in Romans 8, verses 1 through 4. So Jesus gives his commands, but he also gives everything we need to obey them. What a perfect Savior we have.